What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Two Minute Drill. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by James Grande. We are recapping week four of the NFL season. Grande, how was week four for you? Uh, week four, well, first off, Dan, good evening, good morning, wherever you guys are listening. Um, trash. I'm just going to, one word, absolute trash. DFS lineups missed. Uh, I, I, I missed by only like a point off the cash line, and I think that's way worse than just bombing. Um, I lost Logan Thomas to a goose egg early, so that hurt. Um, not not the only miss, but missing cash line by one point. And my season long is like contingent upon Keenan Allen in one league. I'm uh, we are recording before the Monday night game. Um, I need Keenan Allen to outscore another player, and in another league, I need Keenan Allen to suck. So like I need to find a middle ground here. Uh, so right now it's just. It's just a bad week. I'm, 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 re- I'm ready to – what was it? I'm ready to move to, to Kansas City. What was the, the Belichick uh, – We're on, on, to, on, to, on to Cleveland, on to Cincy, on to, on to Cincinnati, right? That's <laughs> There it is. Dang, got it. That That's me, Dan. How about yourself? How was your uh, uh, evergreen – I already saw – I mean, I already know. You're, you're just rich. Well, I'm not Rolling rich. It's just – it's just – <laughs> I've only been doing really cash games the last couple of weeks, and it's been working out in my favor pretty well. I'm surprised you didn't play the Impemba special. You know what's, you know what's crappy about that? I ran a, I was my primary stack was a Washington stack, and I and you didn't bring it back with Cordero Patterson. And I had it, and then I was like, you know what? Let me be different. I'm gonna go Mike Davis. And I didn't, I actually just ended up playing, I, no, I, but hold on, I didn't play Mike Davis, I just went with a naked Washington stack, like I didn't, I didn't bring uh, anything back, I was just um, full on, like, full bore Washington, where I don't think Atlanta's actually any good, um, and I was very wrong, I mean, I, it could have been glorious, you know, it just, it wasn't, because I didn't bring it back with Cordero Patterson. So uh, Cordell Patterson is a good precursor, but we will touch on him later in the podcast. Last night, Sunday Night Football, arguably the biggest regular season game of the year. Do you think it lived up to the hype? From a fantasy perspective, it was kind of a dud. It wasn't good. Brady was pretty bad. Evans, Brown, and Fournette were okay. Mac Jones was decent if you think 16 to 18 points from a quarterback in fantasy football is good. Um, Our very own Andrew Cooper might have lost his mind when both Patriots tight ends found the end zone, but what do you think of it? I mean, it was a, a great football game. Um, I thought Belichick had a great game plan. I thought the Bucks, you know, answered when they needed to. And I think we all were on the same page. If if Folk hits that field goal, Brady's going right down the field and winning the game regardless. So um, I get the, I'll, how about I'll, I'll turn this to you, Dan. What is what is your feelings on the field? Because let's just face it, from fantasy perspective, it was trash. I think the best thing out of it was that we're going to get RB1 season Lenny Fournette usage for the rest of the year. I think that was like the biggest takeaway for me um, because I thought he looked really good on the ground. And, you know, we already know that there's no Gio Bernard um, and Ronald Jones is just exiled unless, you know, he's in the red zone getting a cheap touchdown. But like, what did you think of Belichick's decision to kick the field goal like are you anti-field goal in that spot i mean you are probably in the agreement like brady would have just taken him down the field and won the game regardless um 
I can't remember how much time was left on the clock, but I want to say it was like about, it was just it was just under just, a minute. Just under a minute. So <clears throat> I knew when the Patriots kicked the field goal prior to that one. I looked at him like it's there's four minutes and thirty seconds. I've seen this from the other end of the spectrum numerous times. <laughs> like Tom Brady will go go down, and I honestly thought like the Bucks were just going to score a touchdown and put the game away. Right. When they when the Patriots defense held them to a field goal, I was like two minutes. Mac Jones looked really good in the second half. All they really need is just a field goal and they'll win the game. But then to kick a 56-yarder in the rain, it was bold. And it had the distance. It just yep. – it, it, it doinked. And sure, that sucked. Um, but I thought they should have gone for it to at least make it a little bit closer. Um, and I, it never even crossed my mind, like, if they had made it, would Brady have gone back down? Yeah. Probably, probably sure the right? defense, like the defense probably would have like set back and to prevent defense and Brady would have chipped away in 45 seconds and moved the ball 40 to 50 yards easily and suck up would have made a game winner. But I agree. Fantasy perspective wasn't a great game. Uh, overall, just very entertained. And I actually liked the fact that, you know, there was <clears throat> there was all the hype and the, the nostalgia and the emotions leading up to it. I love that Patriots fans applauded and cheered for Brady when he came on the field. I was all on board with them booing Ooh, him when the game started ass. because yep. it's a game. You're at the end of the day, you're still going to cheer for your team. And when he steps on the field for when the clock starts running, yeah, you can boo him. He's not your boy anymore. You know, you can you can praise him and love him and, and cherish the six Super Bowls he delivered forever. But when he's on the other team in that moment, yes, you have to boo him. He's on. He's not your guy anymore. I had no problem with it. Did you have any other takeaways from this one? Um. No, I couldn't. I could not agree more. First and foremost, about uh, what you just said. Um, but no, I, I think I think there's one interesting thing. Possible fantasy interest. It's PPR format only. We know how much James White means to this offense, right? He has always meant tremendous amounts. We know how rookie quarter or r- rookie quarterbacks like a safety blanket. Everyone and their mother thought that was going to be JJ JJ Taylor. It was not, and we Pretty saw it when J. We, exactly. And we saw it when J- when James White got injured the week before. Brandon Bolden saw all the snaps. J.J. Taylor played 10 snaps. We saw it again last night. And what, what's the, what happened the first time J.J. Taylor touched the football last night? Did he fumble? Or was fumble. it the second time? It was the first does time? It, does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't does matter. Does it matter? football takes Dean, you're done. Dan, if you look out the window right now, that doghouse – uh, Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson, move over. That's where J.J. Taylor is. Brandon Bolden caught six passes for 50 yards. It's obviously not a, like, appealing, sexy, like, oh, my God, I have to go get Brandon Bolden. But let's face it. we're the Running back is trash right now. There is a clear need for running backs. If you are in a deeper league, if it's a 12 to 14 team league, if it's a deep bench, I'm – just saying Brandon Bolden actually could have some appeal. Um, I, I think that's what stood out outside of Fournette. I think the passing games were trash. Um, but I do think Bolden could potentially have some standalone value. Fantasy studs and duds. Fantasy stud for me, uh, a guy I had in my cash lineup at 6% owned, a guy that I have in about three of my season-long leagues, Terry McLaurin. Uh, the, the second touchdown catch was kind of fluky. Uh, a guy I'm playing this week in my biggest uh, season-long league, he, he says that should have been offensive pass interference <laughs> on him. Uh, 
I don't know. Taylor Heineke just kind of threw it up and, and it just landed in McLaurin's arms. I'll take it because it was it was great to watch and I benefited off of it. But over 100 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Uh, he was he was he was a big part of my success on Sunday. Who's your stud? Uh, Saquon Barkley. I'm gonna go Homer here, um, and I think I think it's warranted, and it's not. It's I I'm looking at it from a non-Homer perspective. I just happen to root for the Giants. Um, Saquon looks back, and I know he struggled to you know look the part um, in the first couple of weeks. He couldn't stay on his feet. He was on cuts that he would normally slice the defense up. He was just kind of falling over. That that is over. He's playing all the snaps. He played 57 of 64 snaps um, in that overtime win. He ran 37 routes. Um, I mean, and he's the RB9, Dan, through four weeks. In PPR, he is the RB9. Based on two weeks, right? It's literally last week and this week. Um, he he's We've seen him catch 100 passes in a season or 90 passes in a season. Um, this looks like 2,000-plus total yards Saquon of his rookie year, and I'm for it. And I think... Everyone that crapped on him the first two weeks, what are you expecting from a guy who just came back from an ACL less than a year ago? Um, well, people so, also had to have known about that when they were drafting him. It's like the, right. it was pretty well known that <clears throat> he was going to be eased into the offense. We knew it was going to be kind of a slow first couple weeks. And so if you were panicking after the first couple of games, like you had to have known that was coming. And it is nice to see that he's you know turning it around or he's, he's turning it up rather. Um, but it's good to see that he's back. Yeah, um, I mean, I think he's all the way back. And I, I think if you did, if you were able to get him in late first, which I think a lot of people did, even at times where he was, you know, they were like, oh, will he go on IR or will he not? People got him in the second round. I know I got him in a couple underdogs um, early second round. Your team is very good if that's the case. Because end of first rounds, you were getting like Tyree Kill, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, so imagine pairing like one of those three guys on the way back with Saquon Barkley. You are probably in a in a pretty good position. I think Sa- Saquon Barkley to the moon. Saquon Barkley is my stud of week four. Fantasy dud for me was Travis Kelsey. Only had four catches and I think six targets. Didn't even get 30 yards. No touchdowns. The, pr- the matchup was great. Um, he hurt me more in season-long leagues. I know there are going to be the weeks where he bounces back and he's he, he gets two or three touchdowns in a game. Overall, though, uh, my cash lineup didn't hurt, but I know he probably affected a couple other chief stacks. Um, but, yeah, Travis Kelsey, fantasy dud for me for week four. Who is yours? Well, I think Kelsey is probably one through, like, Z, A through Z, right? Like, it's just Kelsey. Um because we don't see that. Like, that just doesn't happen. Right. It's an anomaly. Um, it's not <laughs> He could easily come again. back next Sunday night and just break the slate on the showdown. Yeah, he's Tyreek Hill next week. Like, this yeah. week, Tyreek Hill is next week Travis Kelsey. Um, I'll pivot and I'll go Justin Fields, who was set up in the perfect spot. It was a perfect spot. It was the Lions. It was your get-right game. And then all his thunder was taken by the running game. And then... He only threw for 200 yards, and he threw a pick, and he doesn't throw the ball to Allen Robinson, who, you know, is one of the handful of best receivers in football. Um, He doesn't throw to his tight end. He just throws to Darnell Mooney, and that's it. Um, I, you know, I get 
Like, I don't get it, and I get it why Matt Nagy is so adamant on wanting Andy Dalton, wanting Andy Dalton, wanting Andy. Because he even said it again today. He even said, like, Andy Dalton is my quarterback when he comes back. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I thought they should have started Fields from the get-go. Agreed. Um, 100%. (laughs) Clearly, the coaching staff knows. And we can make fun of Matt Nagy and and Pace as much as we want, but they're in the locker room. They know the situation better than we do. Um, I don't necessarily think he has a job with the Bears next year, but no, it's, next it's, year you're you're fair. giving him a lot of you're giving him a lot of credit. I might be, I might be. <laughs> um, but does this make Allen Robinson not a guaranteed must start? Do you kind of just have to play the matchups with him going forward? Because the argument for him every year has always been like he's bad he's performing play. well with yep. bad quarterback play, and he's getting terrible quarterback play this year, and he's just not producing. I. I want. I wish I had a, a a definitive answer, but I don't think anyone does because on his three targets, because that's all he had in week four, he looked fantastic. He averaged 21 yards reception. He made a crazy catch on the sidelines. But how are we just getting on Robinson three targets? That's what I don't understand. Um, let's let's look at the Bears' schedule, or shall we? Uh, in Las Vegas next week. First Green Bay at home in Tampa Bay. I mean, two of those three, one, he's going to face Jair Alexander. Two, he's going to go against Tampa, which hasn't been the same secondary. I don't know, man. Like, where is Allen Robinson even a wide? Is he a top 24 receiver rest of the year, Dan? Oh, God. I hope so. I hope so, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'll, I'll say yes. I think I think through four weeks we have to say yes, but like it's really borderline right now, right? Like it is like the most borderline. Like how is this guy not a top a top twelve receiver? Now we're talking about is he even a top twenty four receiver? Uh, it sucks. It's pain. It's pain. Uh, but we're moving on. Uh, what's to be expected from Trey Lance as the starter for San Francisco? It's possible that Jimmy Garoppolo only misses one game. The 49ers are on bye in week six. Uh, but Trey Lance is not the most accurate passer, roughly 50% completion rate. Um, so most of the fantasy value is going to have to come, uh, when he's scrambling and collecting yards with his legs. He did find Debo Samuel on a 76 touchdown pass because, Seattle just seemed to forget that Debo Smith, Debo Samuel, sorry, uh, had a heartbeat and, you know, just <laughs> existed. Um, next week's matchup against Arizona could be a tough one. Do you have any interest in Trey Lance? Uh, not in a standard one quarterback league, but maybe as your QB2 or super flex option. Yeah, so there's actually reports. Shanahan spoke today, like a few hours ago, and said there's a chance Garoppolo plays next week. Um, he's not playing. He's he's not going to play. You have just, the bye week coming up. Why rush it? I'm just saying there's a chance. I think he wants to make Jimmy feel feel better about just constantly getting injury and all those tears that Jimmy were was letting fly in the the press conference. Um, yeah, I do think that there's merit to playing him. I mean, look, we were all. Playing just, I saw people ranking Justin Fields this week as high as like ten, um, and obviously, you know, not the best decision in hindsight. Um, but it's similar skill sets, it's similar run to pass, 
ratio. I think he's in a better situation than Fields is. I think Kyle Shanahan is, you know, a very good offensive mind. Um, and uh, Vegas currently, they've been pretty good against the pass, I guess. 12th in pass DVOA going into Monday night. Definitely in a QB in a two QB league, definitely in Superflex. I think he's ranked outside of like the top 15. I'd probably put him somewhere around like QB 20 going into next week. All right. David Montgomery had a big day with two touchdowns. Yes, we're going back to the Chicago Bears. He did suffer an injury. It doesn't sound like it'll end his season. I tried to find an update before we started recording this. Does sound like he'll miss uh, a handful of games. Damian Williams was also hurt, and he'd be the starter in place of uh, Montgomery. Even if you were healthy, how confident or excited would you be in starting Damian, Damian Williams? Does it evoke much excitement? Uh, any interest in Khalil Herbert? Um, I'm not very excited about either of these guys, but they will make the waiver wire column. Um, Herbert, not so much. I guess out of necessity, you know, we're seeing like two-week rentals go for millions of fab. I mean, i.e. Elijah Mitchell and Chuba Hubbard because Christian McCaffrey's suddenly going to practice on Wednesday. Um, so, like, Damien Williams' appeal is that he's very good in the passing game, but Justin Fields isn't dumping the ball down. So maybe if Andy Dalton were to come back and he was the quarterback, I would have more interest if Montgomery were to miss time and we and we turn to Damien Williams. But if Fields isn't dumping the ball down, I, like – Yes, mild interest, but not like this is who I need to go claim off the waiver wire right now. Unless, again, something that we've said, I think, multiple times this year, if you're in dire straits at the running back, like if you had Sonny Michelle because Darrell, Darrell Henderson was hurt and now he's back and Sonny Michelle fumbled and sucks, or if you had any of these injured running backs, or if you had a Tyson Williams who's now a healthy scratch, like I think in those situations – um, there's mild interest, but if like if you're good at running back, you know, first off, congrats. Uh, but second off, like, you know, it's very situational. I would like a court. I would like him to be playing with a quarterback who throws to the running backs more. All right, we basically let off with this player at the beginning. Cordero Patterson, while not on the field a lot, is hilariously efficient. Three touchdowns on Sunday, and he's doing more work out of the backfield than Mike Davis. Is Cordero Patterson a must-start going forward, especially against the Jets this week? It's a London game, so we get football early in the morning. Uh, but, you know, obviously uh, regression is coming for Cordero Patterson. But right now, is he a must-start going forward? <laughs> Do you know You know how many snaps he played? Do you know the exact number? I'll tell uh, you if you like don't. Like 23 or something like that? It was exactly 23 snaps. He played 23 snaps. Yes, the answer is yes, right? Like, right now? All right, Dan, here's a question for you. Go okay. for it. <clears throat> Week five flex. Cordero Patterson or Allen Robinson? Oh, my God. It It's it, it's probably Patterson. <laughs> it's probably Patterson, right? <clears throat> even, though, yeah. even though all the snaps are there for Robinson, the pedigree for Robinson – I mean, Cordell Patterson is old. He's been a kick returner, turned running backs, now running routes. I do think the the 
it has helped that Russell Gage has not been healthy the last two weeks. I think that could make, I think that could be something that we have to monitor going forward. Um, because like Olamide Zacchaeus is there is lining up outside and he's just dead weight. Like he's just there to run routes and like take coverage off of Calvary Ridley and apparently Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. We still haven't seen Kyle Pitts excel yet. Like I think there's obvious regression, like you mentioned, but I think things are going to change a little bit if Russell Gage, if and when Russell Gage does return. Um, so yes, as of right now, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I think you should be starting Cordell Patterson, but I think it's worth watching the practice reports throughout the week because if Russell Gage is good to go, I probably pull back the curtain just a little bit. All right, it is time to finish up with believe it or not. This is your segment. What do you got for me? All right, we're gonna start. We're gonna go back to the. We're gonna go back to the Meadowlands, okay? And we're gonna go back to a guy I pegged as a, a QB one last year. I was a year early on the breakout, and I think I've told you this. I compared him to Josh Allen last year. I said, "What's the difference between these two guys? They both are wildly inefficient. They both have a lot of upside with their legs, um, and I think they have pretty good offenses." Well, that wasn't the case last year. Josh Allen was QB1, and Daniel Jones wasn't even ranked. Uh, Well, he was, but he was so bad that he just, it didn't matter. Um, Daniel Jones currently, Dan, QB8 uh, heading into week five. That's, you know, barring what happens in in, uh, the Monday Night Football game. Do we believe, with the weapons around Daniel Jones, with the healthy Saquon Barkley, with Kenny Galladay finally coming into his own, that Daniel Jones could finish as a QB1 by season's end. I think he can. And I was actually thinking about this as I was driving to work this morning because I was thinking about we're seeing all these top-tier slash, you know, what we think of as safe quarterbacks. Um, They're offering kind of a lower floor than normal. I haven't been that impressed with Lamar Jackson too much this year. Um, You know, we're still waiting for Russell Wilson to cook. Um, and these are guys that can still finish as as top 10 quarterbacks. But at the same time, you know, <clears throat> Daniel Jones, while he does have concerns and issues fumbling the ball, he does have two rushing touchdowns on the year. He has at least 27 rushing yards in, in each of the first four games. You know, he's not throwing interceptions. His completion percentage is pretty good at 66.7. For him, you know, he, for sure. Holy cow. Absolutely. And so he's coming off a really strong game against a pretty good defense in New Orleans where he threw for 400 yards. So, yeah, I think it's quite possible for him to finish as a QB1. I don't think it's – I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I believe in your boy now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and you know what? The fumbles have been there. Only one loss, though, this year. Only one through four game. He had 20 uh, total turnovers last year or in that regard. So um, <laughs> progress, Dan, progress. All right. Second question. <laughs> Second question. Um, this number could actually be better if not for not one, but two drop touchdowns in week three. But he made up for it in week four. And we're talking about current wide receiver 13. So cusp wide receiver one in Marquise Brown. Now, let me set the scene, Dan, because I think it's worth and, I, and I'm going to ask you, is he a top 15 receiver? For the rest, can what can he finish as a top fifteen receiver? And I ask because the return of Rashad Bateman is imminent. Can Lamar Jackson continue to pass the way he has? He's three hundred yards against Denver, didn't run the ball. 
can Marquise Brown finish as a top 15 receiver, which would be borderline wide receiver one in in every format imaginable? Uh, he certainly can. Um, I don't think he will. I'm not believing that one. Uh, he's always had that, and I know it's this is like a nice four game sample that he that he's on right now. He's always had that boomer bust potential. Um, but I mean, we've also seen it the last couple of years. Um, you know, I just feel like he probably needs at least eight targets consistently every week. And I do believe that while I was just kind of like taking a dump on Lamar Jackson a little bit for his lack of running, I think that there will be games when Lamar puts the game in his hand and he's, and he'll, he'll, Lamar will still have games where he rushes for over a hundred yards. Brown's going to have big games. Um, but I mean, I'm even looking at his game log from last year and there were too many games where he was getting six or fewer targets. And I think for a top 15 wide receiver, you just need more volume coming your way. And, you know, he's, what does he have three touchdowns to start the year so far? And, you know, he's, he had eight last year, which is nice, but six in the last six games for the record, this, so this, it's been a really solid 10 game sample. And that's why I think it's worth the question because, 10-game samples is a big sample. I mean, we were going off Joe Burrow's 10-game sample of how he was going to throw 700 times this year. Um, so, so he has nine we... touchdowns in his last 10 games dating back nine to Nine touchdowns in his last 10 games from a quarterback who can't throw, quote-unquote. I'm Hey, these are the numbers. These are what people say. I'm not saying it. I'm, Lamar it, Jackson... it, it. It can happen, but I'm, even, I'm still looking at his game log. And, like, you know, he had one game with double-digit targets last year. And I think he had one of those this year. You know, if if he's getting on average seven to eight targets, it it can happen. But I do I just know that there are going to be matchups where he's possibly phased out, or the Ravens even try to get Mark Andrews going because I know he's had a slow start to the year. I just don't see. I I think it could come close. Ultimately, I just see him as as a top twenty four wide receiver, not top fifteen. Okay, still. I know I'm kind of sitting on the fence and hedging there, but I he's not a top fifteen wide receiver to me. Still very respectable. Still finish if you if if he finishes a wide receiver two, and he was going around somewhere between nine and eleven uh, in most drafts. I mean that's a steal. That's a steal. Okay, final question. It's a two piece, Dan. It's two piece chicken nugget meal. Uh, I couldn't come up with four, so we just we're settled with two. McDonald's forgot to give us the last two nuggets. The current. I'll ask. I'll turn this on you. Do you know who the current tight end three? And tight end five is in PPR formats. Oh my God, are they on the Cowboys? There is one member of the Cowboys. As is it one Schultz? <laughs> Dalton Schultz is currently <clears throat> tight end three. Do you know who the tight end five is? Tight end five. Uh... He is. He plays for oh, the, Dawson Knox. He plays for the only New York team, technically. <laughs> Dawson Knox is the tight end five. So Dan, my question. And this believe it or not segment to wrap it up is will one, both, or none finish as a tight end one at year's end? <clears throat> I think Dawson Knox will. I don't think Dalton Schultz does. I'm kind of in agreement. And it's funny because I think most people, if you ask, if we put that poll up, which I think maybe I'll attach a poll to this, um, I can attach a poll to this podcast. Most people would say the other way around. I think they would go Schultz over Knox. But Blake Jarwin is running as many routes 
and mm-hmm. has had he ha- his week two was better than Dalton Schultz. He scored this week. Dalton Schultz just obviously outshined him again. But who's to say Blake Jarwin, who was always quote apparently the better athlete, the better tight end, isn't the one that takes off from here? Where Dawson Knox doesn't have the competition. They are a they throw- didn't trade for Zach Ertz. Didn't trade for Zach Ertz. They are a throw first, second, and third offense. Um, and I, I, to an extent, Dallas is as well. But with Zeke, the way that he's running, and Tony Pollard mixed in, they've been running quite a bit this year. I'm with you. I, I think we're on the opposite side of where most people would say. Um, but I think Dawson Knox has a better chance of finishing a tight end one, um, especially because, hey, man, Stephon Diggs has never really been a touch. Well, at least since his, his arrival in Buffalo, he didn't really score last year, and neither does Cole Beasley. <clears throat> so that really is showing us why Dawson Knox is getting so many red zone targets. So I'm with you. Um, so you don't think Schultz finishes as a tight end one? No, only because when you look at Buffalo, it's like the only guy I feel like they need to make sure that they're keeping happy in the passing attack is Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. You know, we saw Emmanuel Sanders have a big game. We, we've seen Cole Beasley somehow already have two games where he had 13 targets in each one. <clears throat> but I do think that there's an emphasis to get the tight end involved a little more in Buffalo. And we've seen it so far in Dallas. But at the same time, there are there are bigger stars in Dallas that I think that you need to get the ball to. You need you need to make sure like C.D. Lamb is your wide receiver one or, or Amari Cooper and they're, flip, they're going back and forth. Zeke Elliott, and if it's if it, the game script is there for him, he's going to catch passes out of the backfield too. Um, I I think that Schultz is – I th- it's just I feel like that's such a streamable oper- – I just think he's such a streaming tight end. And I can't believe I'm saying I have more faith in Dawson Knox, but right now I, I do because I just want to s- – and, and but this – what I'm about to say applies to both of them, but I want to see more of it from Schultz. And you could say the same thing about Dawson Knox because we're only looking at a four-game sample for both players that have largely been irrelevant in their professional football careers. I just think there's more. There's a there's a clearer path to tight end one for Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz. Agreed. On every point, especially the last one, no. because Thanks, it's buddy. just yeah. Hey, man. I mean, hey, <laughs> you know, we're basically. Um, uh, I was going to know Shaq and Kobe, but we're not that tall. Um, oh, we're, we're like Monte Ellis and Stephen Curry back in the dude, day. Dude, that is – oh, I, <laughs> I love that. As long as you can be Curry, I want to be – I definitely want to be Monte Ellis. You, you want to leave? See <laughs> <laughs> so your career go nowhere? He's, he actually had a tryout this year, so don't disrespect Monte Ellis like that. So out, of, out of the blue, who knows where Monte Ellis has been all these years? Uh, but that'll do it for us this week. <laughs> Sorry we went a little long again, uh, but good stuff as always. Thank you so much, James Grande, for your time. Best of luck to you in week five, and best of luck to the FA Nation.